Well, welcome, uh, friends, family, extended family, uh, church family. Uh, I really appreciate everybody that's come out today. Uh, you know, people come for different reasons. Some, it's because you come out of obligation. Some come because of a deep love and friendship. Some come because you're trying to get closure. Uh, but I, I say this much, that it's super helpful to just be present uh, because you are dealing with mixed emotions for, what, for whatever brought you here today. Uh, and the benefit of being part of a memorial service is it brings closure. Uh, it also, the, the flow, and I'll, I'll go through the flow that we're planning um, for those of you, sorry, that I haven't met, my name is Rob, I'm the, the lead pastor here, welcome, super happy to have you here, uh, it's an honor that you've all come far, Randy, or, you know, up from Florida, obviously you wouldn't miss it, um, but uh, I do want uh, you to feel like this is, uh, you know, not only a memorial service, but an opportunity to get to know aspects uh, about Ron that you probably wouldn't have known about. And so um, what I want to do is we'll go through the flow, and I'll, I'll just run that, run that by you, how we're going to go about it. But I want to give you a little heads up. If you want to say something, if you have a, a comment or a story or something that um, would be beneficial, particularly for the family, uh, to hear that they wouldn't otherwise know about Ron, there would be a good lasting memory I, I will be giving an opportunity at the end uh, for people to share. So as a result, this service may take a little longer than most services. Uh, I'll give you a heads up on that too. Uh, we're going to do a number of worship songs, partially because as a vineyard, we just really love to worship. And secondly, because Ron really liked to worship. And uh, Ron just had a musical... Uh, gene in him that, you know, we want to just, just want to honor. So uh, what I want to do is uh, I, I want to uh, open with a prayer, uh, and then we're going to sing a few songs. Then Jamie, Ron's daughter and granddaughter are going to come read us uh, some scripture, uh, sharing by family, family members. And again, you may change your mind just because we don't have it written in the the bulletin, the program that we have, you might say, you know, I want to spur of the moment, I want to say something for your family. I just want to let you know you're welcome to do that. Uh, I'll be uh, preaching, uh, which is particularly um, personal for me because Ron and I had such a deep uh, connection with Scripture and watching what God had done in his life. Then what I want to do after we've sung a few more songs is open it up for you folks to share. And so you can get your thoughts going if, if, if that's what you would, uh, would like to do. And then the family afterwards would just uh, love you to join for some light snacks uh, after the service. And we can, you know, linger and talk and share. Uh, so let me just open with that. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that Ron really loved you. And we just welcome your presence here right now. Uh, Lord, I know that there's nothing that Ron would have loved more than for our lives to be constantly transformed and changed by your presence, by your love. 
And so, Lord, we just welcome you. We ask for your Holy Spirit to be here. We ask for your Spirit to bring comfort. Uh, we ask for your Spirit to bring joy. We just ask for the ability to deal with mixed emotions, sadness, joy, good memories, difficult memories. So we say, come, come, Holy Spirit. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand and we'll uh, sing a few songs. Our Father everlasting, be your creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, how God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we would rise again for i believe in the name of jesus our judge and our defender suffered and crucified Forgiveness is in you. Descended into darkness, you rose in glorious light. Forever seated high. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. How God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Will I believe in you? I believe in Rome. Again, but I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Sing that again. Oh, I believe in you. I believe you rose again. I believe. 
in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in life eternal. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the saints' communion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Bless the Lord, oh my 
Charlie, good job. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and also trust in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way that I'm going. Thank you, Jamie. Ready? Ron's brother, as you'll no doubt recognize in his... Yes. Uh, Randy, thank you. First of all, I'd like to thank uh, Pastor Rob and, and the church for having us here today. <coughs> it's magnificent. Uh, so, on a, on a lighter note, but that's a hard act to follow. <laughs> you guys, I should have went first. Uh, the pictures outside, I, I remember a lot of them. I, I sent only about a dozen up here that I had, but I saw some of the other ones. I said, where did you get that picture? Where was, how, who had that picture? As you can see, we, uh, we came from a, 
somewhat of a musical family. Uh, so I guess I'm going to just spend a minute and, and tell you a, a few things, like the pastor said, that maybe some things you didn't know about, about Ron. Uh, him and I were both born in Long Beach, California, but we moved both back to Massachusetts as, as babies, where I think I was maybe one and he was three or, or whatever. We're only a year and a half apart. So we grew up in Boylston, and, um, and my, my mom, who loved to play piano, uh, insisted we take music lessons. So uh, I had to take the accordion, and my, uh, my brother Ron took guitar, and my oldest brother, uh, Bob, did play trumpet for a while. Um, but believe it or not, we were both uh, what I, I would call school. We, we, we went to many years of music lessons and learned how to read music. <clears throat> but so as a result of being young musicians, my mom would put us in every talent show you can imagine, okay? <laughs> so she would drag us all over in the old station wagon, me with an accordion and Ron with his guitar and electrified. And, and, and all, the, all the churches in Worcester or we'd go to Winchenden. Uh, we, we were in the home show one, one year, and uh, we did a duet. We, we sang the song called Abilene, and, and we, we, we harmonized to it. And, and I think it was around St. Patrick's Day, because I remember she made us wear these big green top hats <laughs> with green bow ties, okay? But, but the thing I want you to know, there's a couple things. First of all, number one, uh, we're about the only musical act. Is if there were 30 acts, uh, there'd be 29 tap dancers and, and, and just the two of us. <laughs> But we did it anyhow. But the second thing I want here's the funny part, a little thing about Ron. Every, every time, it was just, we were the next act on stage, and he had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Never failed. He, he had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, we got through the musical stage. We, we played in some, some bands together, did some uh, college frat parties at Worcester Tech and places like that. Um, so we always kept up with our... Of our music, but as as growing up in Boylston, and I'm sure you're all familiar with the town. It's pretty close by. Uh, you know, we we played little league baseball. We we grew up basically in the Worcester Boys Club. We were just a regular old, you know, apple pie family, like like uh, most of us probably were at that time. When I think uh, the young kids don't understand, but I I believe life was a lot better back then when we didn't have cell phones and all that. We played outside all day long. We didn't sit inside and play on on video games. Um, I, I just like to close this in. You know, my brother loved this church. This was his life, uh, and his daughter and granddaughter were his life. Thank you. You were his life, and uh, Ron just absolutely loved you guys for good reason. Randy, that's super helpful, actually, hearing about your your upbringing. And of course, you know, we each come to the service with a little different, uh, from a different angle. Uh, I did not know Ron uh, growing up. Um, I knew Ron when he showed up here at church. And so my starting point for getting to know Ron was somebody that was new to faith and then having the privilege of watching somebody be transformed by Jesus. Uh, I mean, it was really just uh, one of those wonderful remarkable things. And so it, it's helpful to hear stories about Ron at, at all different phases of his life. There's a proverb that for me really uh, sort of defines Rob, Ron uh, in a sense of this is just uh, 
speaks to who he is. This is uh, Proverbs 17, 17, and it says, A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. Let me just, let me just read that again, because you'll resonate that this is, for those of you that knew Ron, in one way or another, this would have been depicting who he is. A friend is always loyal. Ron was incredibly loyal, and he was a great friend. And a brother is born to help in time of need. Ron loved to help people in time of need. I mean, Ron just, uh, he was always available. Uh, you know, there's so many uh, different thoughts that I have to share about Ron. And one of them is just the sadness. I mean, we all experience just the loss. And in fact, what was super helpful to me is when I started seeing some of the photographs, uh, and thank you for those of you that uh, gave us photographs and brought pho photographs, they're so helpful. Uh, you know, Randy, you talk about you know computer games. I think one of the hard things with photographs is everybody's got them electronically, but to look at a physical photo uh, is just so helpful. But what was helpful to me with that was this. I, I would see Ron fairly regularly recently before he died, and he just looked terrible. I mean, honestly, it was he was just skin and bone. But it had been a prolonged period of time. I mean, everybody I went to meet Ron were basically saying the same thing. Ron, just eat. Just like force the food down. You just have to put on weight. And uh, you get kind of that image in your, in your mind. But then seeing the photographs, it's like, wait a bit. This is the Ron of vibrancy, of laughter, of high energy uh, that we all remembered. And uh, I just, uh, you know, it was just a mixed, it's mixed emotions. Uh, sadness, because Ron is gone as a friend. Uh, a relief that he's no longer suffering. A huge sense of comfort that I know that he's with the Lord. Uh, so, you know, you're dealing with all these uh, mixed emotions. But everybody loved Ron. I don't know anybody that, you know, had a real hard time getting along with Ron. He was just liked by everybody. Uh, just an amazing personality trait. He was hugely forgiving. Uh, he was hugely soft. But again, I, I was looking at Ron and saying, Ron, Jesus has done something in you. You didn't just, like, happen to be this way. There was a sense in Ron that he was just, I mean, he'd say it. He said, you know, I just feel forgiven. I feel like I had another start in life. I feel like God has given me a new life, which indeed he did. And so again and again, you know, when things would be bothersome, Ron was on the board with me. He was a, he was a leader here at the church. And when we'd go through uh, some difficult challenges and some struggles, Ron's uh, response was one of like, I have... I have so much joy in Jesus that I can't hang on to some of these frustrating things that are coming up. There was a sense in Ron of always like, can we just forgive and can we move on? Can I love people? I really don't need to dig out all the, the, the problems. So Ron was just, not only was he loving and caring, he was incredibly hardworking. You know, the biggest joke was when Ron said, I'm going to retire so that I can relax a little bit. And then immediately with the same breath said, Anybody that's got electrical problems anywhere, I want to do them, and I want to work in their house, and I want to do it for free. Now, 
it was mind-boggling how busy Ron got with that heart after he was retired. I mean, he was way, way, way more busy when he was retired than when he was working. In fact, I was like, Ron, can you go back to work and just back at the union because you had a lot more time. Uh, but I mean, Ron would just spend endless hours with anybody that needed work. In this church, I can't tell you how many hours Ron spent on electrical things. I mean, I wouldn't even realize the ramification. I'd ask, Ron, can you move the electrical box from here to back there? It'll be so much more helpful. Thing is like an hour's job. You know, it'll be eight hours later and Ron's running cable. And I'm like, really? You have to do it like that? Yep. And I have to do it perfectly. I have to do it the best it can possibly be. And I'm like, it's above the ceiling tiles, Ron. Does anybody really care? I mean, just like get it there. Nope, nope, nope. It had to be done right. And and for everybody's house that he worked on, you know, Ron would just, he didn't want any thanks for it. He was just a, just an amazing person. One of the things that I noticed happened with Ron fairly early on, uh, as he was trying to understand more about Jesus, uh, Ron was actually pretty intellectual. I mean, it kind of it shocked me because <laughs> he didn't like to read a lot. I mean, this is a weird combination. He didn't really like to read. I mean, he read a bit, but he was like intellectual. I mean, you give him a book, he just like devour it, know it, understand it. And I'm like, okay, Ron, this is interesting. So Ron, uh, in his heart to want to know Jesus more, did a seminary class that we offered here. We, at that time, we called it Vineyard Leadership Institute. And it was a two-year uh, intensive class, which many of you here have done. And Ron just like breezed through that thing. I mean, it just, he just was an amazing person in all sorts of ways. But there's a psalm that I think captures, there's just one verse in the psalm, because the psalm is 119, it's a very long psalm. And the overarching sort of thought in that psalm is just the love for the word of God, or trying to develop a love for the word of God. And I saw this happening naturally in Ron. But the thing it was so, uh, and the point I want to make here on this, that was so exciting for me, was the, the, the sequence of events. The first sequence of events was Ron got to know the love of God. And it was because of the love of God that he was experiencing that he was then motivated to want to learn the word of God. And it really, that sequence of events, let me just read this one verse of the psalm. This is Psalm 119, uh, 64. O Lord, your unfailing love fills the earth. Teach me your decrees. Your unfailing love, and it could personalize that. God, I, this is right. God, I've experienced your love. I want to know everything about your Bible. And and that was, that was the motive. And, you know, the thing it was, so great about Ron, not only did he want to know the Bible, he wanted to live it out. So it was like, I'm reading this and I want to put it into practice. So he could take off his intellectual hat and go back to his practical, I want to serve, I want to know the love of God, and I want to do it. Uh, Ron was super fun uh, to be with. Uh, he, he, you know, uh, he loved to travel, especially later on when we did uh, some missions travel. Uh, we went to Spain, and the trip was, from my standpoint, seemingly in the natural, a little bit of a disaster, because the weather when we were there was absolutely terrible. So 
everything we planned to do didn't work out. But Ron wasn't really worried. I mean, he decided what he was going to do with Lance is go up and pray. And so they had their own agenda, and, and they would regularly uh, go up and pray. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you that over the years since that trip, so much has come out of that trip. It's like ridiculous. So I left there thinking this is a complete waste of time. And the only person that was sort of upbeat about it was Ron. He said it wasn't. We prayed. <clears throat> God is going to do stuff. And indeed, God did. I mean, a lot. The other trip that um, fond memories is my wife and I and, and Ron, we uh, went to Trinidad to take a long-serving member here at our church back home, Mary Segula. <clears throat> and um, we went to uh, really just see where Mary lived and to really just honor and respect all the effort and hours and prayer that Mary had put into this church. And it was just a, a really terrific uh, a trip. And in fact, I was trying to have Mary be uh, watching the service on Skype and Many of you in church services know this. You know, everything goes perfectly. I had it all set up on Thursday night. And, you know, now this morning when I try and get in, you know, Microsoft has got its own plans about redoing your account. So I just couldn't get it to work. So Mary's a little disappointed. Uh, but the other friend that sort of, in, Mary taught Ron how to pray. And Ron really grasped that and, and ran with it. And then I was speaking to another friend uh, yesterday of, of Mary, so I knew couldn't be here, and his name is Hitesh. And uh, Hitesh said this to me. This is just like remarkable. He said, I've been praying for Ron every single day for over two years. Now, I know Hitesh. When Hitesh says I prayed every single day, that doesn't mean I prayed once a week, you know, when I remembered. Hitesh means he prayed Every single day for Ron for the past two years. And what got, and what got uh, Hitesh going is when Ron got the first news about cancer, he said, the doctor said, you've got six months to live. And, and I don't know how many of you know that, but Ron was pretty quiet about that. But he lived a lot longer than six months. I mean, a long time after that. But Mary and Hitesh would just be constantly, daily, praying uh, for Ron. So uh, I, I say that because Ron really embraced that. He, he loved it. Uh, he loved receiving prayer. In fact, you know, if I try to make an appointment to see Ron in these last few weeks before he died, the last few months, he would just say no. He was never ready. Uh, Ron, can I come see you? Nope. Text him. He didn't answer. Phone him. Maybe he'd answer. I mean, I just realized there's only one way I'm going to see Ron. I'm just showing up. And then I'd show up and he'd be mad. It's like, you didn't tell me you're coming. I'm like, yeah, because you wouldn't have answered and you wouldn't have said no, so I'm, I'm here. And then we'd sit down and then he'd be like, oh, my room's a mess. I'm a mess. The place is disgusting. I'm like, Ron, I don't care about that. I care about you. And then we'd pray. And all of a sudden, I'd see life coming into Ron again because he really loved uh, to connect with the Lord and saw the power of prayer. And, you know, we were just obviously praying, Lord, either heal him or take him. And, uh, you know, it was like, God, I want you to heal him. But the mystery with God, of course, is we don't know uh, when he's going to call us and, and take us. And there's another verse in the Bible from one of my favorite books in the Bible, the Gospel of John, that I think is 
really relevant here for us and for and for for Ron. But the reason I, I, I like this book, the Gospel of John, is because John tells us why he wrote this book, and uh, he says this. But these are written, talking about everything that's gone before in the gospel, the miracles, the story of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. By believing in him, by believing in Jesus, you will have life by the power of his name. Ron saw this, Ron experienced this, and Ron lived this. Uh, it, Ron, like I say, he, he really lived out his uh, walk for the Lord and his love for the Lord. One of the fun things for, with Ron, is he'd be part of many of the little groups that I'd, I'd run. And uh, often Ron's frustration with me in, in, in our group, which was kind of a fun frustration, he'd say, can we do more Bible? And I'm like, well, I do want to do a lot of Bible, but I also want to have a lot of relationship. And so we, you know, we would, we'd, how would we divvy up our time? But, but Ron loved doing Bible study. Um, and Ron's desire was to try and teach others the Bible uh, and to, to do that. So I want to just uh, share a verse, well, not a verse, more than a verse, a really powerful section of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, really talking about death and the resurrection and the hope that we have in being resurrected and trying to come to grasp what does the Bible actually say about this matter. You know, I've got to be honest with uh, family, friends, funerals, are a weird thing to attend. Because as a pastor, so much bad advice gets given at funerals because people people running funerals, me, pastors or leaders of, of doing these ceremonies, are concerned about people's feelings because people are grieving. And so they say things which are just not true, like, we'll see you in heaven. Everybody's going to be there. You know, and it's like, no, everybody that believes in Jesus, that's got a life that has been transformed by Jesus, will be there. And the truth is, what Ron is, I know, desperate for is like, will you be there? Not, you know, not because you're hoping that you'll be there, not because you're thinking that you're a really good guy or a good person. The point is we're never good enough. And, and this is what Ron was like, you know, it's like the penny dropped. And he's like, no, we, everybody's self-assessment of themselves is that they're good or better than some loser that's in prison, you know. And if you're in prison, then you're better than some other loser in prison. But your own assessment of yourself is that you're a good person and because you're a good person, you're going to be in heaven. And the Bible categorically flat out says that's not true. That's a false sense of hope. If you believe that, you misled. What the Bible is saying very, very clearly is you will be in heaven if you believe in Jesus. And the, the power of, of believing in Jesus is pretty simple. Is Jesus saying that you are not perfect. It's not whether you're good. That, that's not the criteria. The criteria is are you perfect? 
And when you look at it from that standpoint, you realize pretty quickly, I'm not perfect. And you can ask my wife. She'll like say, yeah, yeah, but he's definitely not perfect. I mean, you know, just like ask anybody that knows you really, really well. You're not perfect. You might be a good guy, but you're not perfect. The whole point of why Jesus came to this world was that he is perfect. And he said, I'm going to die on the cross and I'm going to do two things. One is I'm going to make a way for you to believe in me. A transaction took place on the cross where Jesus says, my perfection, I'm going to impute it. And by that word impute, it means I'm going to just like give it to you. You're not going to earn it. You're not going to ever be good enough for it. I'm going to give it to you. The way you get it is you've got to believe in Jesus. And the belief is that Jesus is God. And he came for a specific reason. And the reason was that we could believe in Jesus, ask him into our hearts, experience the love of God in the process, and then allow this power of the Holy Spirit to transform us from within, to be changed. And the second part of Jesus coming on the cross and dying was that he wanted to show us physically that he can be totally dead, not just injured, not just wounded, dead and be resurrected. And it's because we could experience or historically know that that happened, that we then have confidence and hope in the resurrection. I mean, it's like complicated, but it's not complicated. We believe in Jesus. We ask Jesus to come into our heart. We say, Jesus, not that I'm a good person. It's that you're a good person. In fact, you're a perfect person. And I need to be perfect to be in the presence of a perfect God. And so I can only get there by believing in you. And by believing in you, it means that I'm asking you to change me and transform me. And then by being transformed, I'm experiencing the love of God. And then I have the hope that I'll be in heaven. I mean, that's the gospel message. That's, that's the message. And so when we look at this pretty fantastic chapter in 1 Corinthians, it asks all the questions that we would like to ask. For instance, in verse 35, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? Okay, that's like a good question. These are Ron's ashes. And, you know, the question that often comes up with a funeral service is, do we allow cremation or, or burial? You know, we don't have to, like, help Jesus along in this process. It's not like if we have to die, be buried in the ground, like more or less our body, uh, hopefully all our bones are there, and then when Jesus resurrects us, okay, he's got something to work with. This, this, this is like, I mean, no. Jesus can work with ashes. If you die in a boat and a shark eats you, you don't have to like go into like scientific mode. Okay, which part of my body is in the shark? Which, you, you really don't have to do that. You really do have to believe that God can change you and resurrect you now and most certainly when you're dead. And so this, this, you know, this scripture un, un, unpacks it and it says, we are buried as natural human bodies, but we will be raised up as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. It also continues and says in verse you know, 50, these dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. It says we, all, we, will, we will not all die, but we will all be transformed. And then it explains you know, when the Lord comes again, how this process is going to happen. But it ends this way. It says, 
then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your, st your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. I mean, this section of scripture is just so compact and loaded. Uh, and it's kind of helpful for me to just take a few seconds and unpack it at a funeral like this. Uh, and so as a, as a sort of a last thought, uh, I, I want to unpack this because, again, this is a, a section of Scripture which just gets so misunderstood. From God's perspective, from the biblical perspective, we have this start out in Genesis. Everything's going perfectly. Adam's perfect until Adam messes up and Adam sins. And the biblical account is that that mistake has carried through till today and it's in you and it's in me. And Jesus' point and purpose, he calls himself the second Adam. He says, I came to undo that. And so the ramification of sin means that we are going to die. That's the point. If we didn't sin, if Adam hadn't sinned, he would have just experience eternity. So the exciting thing, the blessing of what we've got in Jesus is Jesus saying, I'm going to have my day and we're going to start this all again. And heaven isn't up there in the cloud somewhere floating around. No, it's right back here on this earth. But, we, but Jesus tells us he's going to fix it up a bit. He's going to make earth, the trees, the insects perfect. And he's going to give us perfect bodies. And we're going to live an everlasting life with Jesus in his presence here on earth, on a reformed, remade earth. Now the pieces all start coming together. You know, and so people wrestle with this idea from the day you're born that you know that death is your destiny. And whether you're rich or famous or a king or a ruler, you can't avoid death. People try all sorts of things, but it's coming. The only way to avoid death is faith in Jesus. I mean, I, I, I know I'm going on here a bit, but I'm doing it because I know I'm sort of speaking for Ron. It's like, Ron would be, if you're sitting here or if you're sitting watching, you're saying, go Rob, go Rob. You know, that's just, I, I know he would be. I just, uh, you'd be getting excited. You know, it, it, this is the stuff that made Ron ex excited and for good reason, because Ron experienced it and Ron's life was transformed and Ron experienced exactly what Jesus promised in this life. I will give you a rich and rewarding life. That, that's Jesus' promise for all of us. And Ron would say, I experienced that. Forget about heaven. I experienced a rich and rewarding life right here, right now. So, uh, Ron, I, I just uh, thank you for the brother that you were. I thank you for being a com comrade with me in, in ministry. I thank you for the love that you had for people. I thank you for the love that you had in serving. I thank you for the love that you had in wanting to know more of the Word of God and wanting to teach it and apply it. Uh, and I thank you for just tremendous memories. And I'm, and I'm super grateful that I'm going to be seeing Ron and being able to enjoy Ron again in our you know, resurrected bodies for eternity. I, I, I'm really grateful for that. So I want to end with that. I, I do... Uh, want us to worship a few more songs, have a few more worship songs. I'll call the worship team up. And again, you might just have, you know, a, a fond memory that you want to share. Let's just do that. And uh, let's share a few encouraging
thoughts about Ron. Why don't we stand and let's do a couple of worship songs. I'm 
Will I dance for you, Jesus? For in all of you be 
you be seated. I want to get a feel of how many people might uh, want to say something, just so we've got an idea if we need to take a bathroom break uh, or keep going. You know, people regularly walk out on me when I'm preaching, so I don't really, <laughs> I don't really mind if you take a bathroom break at any point, uh, um, but I, I do want to hear uh, from those of you that uh, want to say something. So, uh, you know, normally in church, we put up our hands if we accept Jesus. So I'm actually going to ask you to put up your hand if you want to say something. But before I do that, I do want to ask you if you want to accept Jesus, but I don't want you to put your hand up. So let me just say this. <laughs> it's very confusing, I know. I don't want to just talk about Jesus. I, 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 this is what I, You might want to make this transaction privately right now in your seat with the Lord. And I don't need to know about it. I don't need to see it. I'd be thrilled if you wanted to talk to me about it. But if you want to see Ronnie in heaven, if you want to be there, the best honest answer that I can give you is you won't just get there by being a good person. You need to ask Jesus into your heart. You need to let go and give up control of your life and let Jesus lead you and guide you. The surprising thing, he promises it'll be a rich and rewarding life. But you need to invite him in, give up control. And honestly, you won't do that unless you're regularly attending church. Somehow or other, it'll just slip away. Find a church. If that's you, just invite Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I'm not perfect. You are. I want to be in heaven. I can only do it because you're going to do a miracle in my body and allow me to be resurrected. My faith is in you. Thank you, Jesus, that you demonstrated it by coming to this earth. And like Ron, transform me from within. You change me to be more like you. Thank you. Amen. So not putting up your hand if you responded to that, but do put up your hand if you'd like to say something. I want to just get a, a feel of how many of you would like to say something. I'd love a lot of you to say something. One, two, three, four. Uh, who am I missing? Five. Five. That's not too many. Six, seven. He's going to speak twice. <laughs> That's great. All right. Um, I've got no sort of structured uh, way of, of um, saying who should come up first. Why don't you just um, make your way up and we'll just... Why don't you, if you're going to say something, why don't you wait, make your way up and sit up here in the, in the front, Bernadette, because you're up front, you'll start off. So if you want to say something, just take a seat in this front row and then we'll 
then I'll just call you one after another. Ron really, really is beloved here and always will be and very special to so many of us. And I think he was a favorite. I think we can all say that. I know we're not supposed to play favorites, but he really just a special place in our hearts. And um, Pastor Rob told a story a few minutes ago about taking um, he and Liz and Ron taking Mary Sagulam to Trinidad when she left here. She was our prayer coordinator for years and prayed for so many of us. And many of us were ministered to her and learned so much from her. And she wanted to be here and couldn't travel. And so she sent me something to read on her behalf. So this is from Mary Sagulam, a really close friend of Ron's. When she was here, she would say he was best friend with her. And I bet there's a lot of people in the room that would say Ron was my best friend. So um, very special to us. And I'll read this from Mary. Ron Fife and I were good friends, so we did a lot of stuff together. Of course, all that we did was church stuff, from driving back and forth to home fellowship groups, to Bible studies, to Sunday morning services, to fun stuff at local parks and commons, and to ministering through home and hospital visitations. This Ron was always respectful and responsible and took life seriously and made the best of whatever was allotted to him. He never made a fuss about anything and took almost everything with a happy smile. One snowy Sunday morning, Ron came to get me at the farm where I was living. It was 7.20 a.m. I wondered why he was there a little early, but I came outside anyhow. Ron said that I am supposed to be ready for 7.30, not 7.20, and asked why I was disturbing his breakfast break. So I returned to the kitchen and waited till 7.30 a.m. <laughs> Later that day after our Sunday service, we went out the front door, and it was still snowing lightly, and Ron headed up the incline. So I called out to him, Ron, why are you leaving me here? I need to hold your hand. I don't want to fall. Ron turned around, looked at me, and said, I'll get you a walking stick. But instead, he continued out to his car, got in, warmed it up, and came back to the door to get me. That's the kind of person he was. We enjoyed attending regional vineyard conferences. We never missed one. One time, he was standing next to me during a worship uh, session and gently tapped me on the shoulder. He said, Miss Mary, you're clapping out of time. <laughs> so I said, why are you next to me? You usually hang out with the guys. Were there no other available seats? His eyes bulged, and he just continued worshiping, and I continued my clapping. <laughs> After the worship, we sat down, and he smiled and said to me, you are so fun to be around. Gentleman that he was, he was never mad. I missed him when I returned to Trinidad, and we did stay in contact for a while until he was diagnosed. Then he couldn't talk that much. Three years ago when I saw him, he just smiled, and I prayed for him, and I would send him cards. In his passing, I'm happy and a little bit jealous that he's seen Jesus before me. No more pain, a good place to be. 
A few days ago from my heart, I spoke to Ron and said, you pushed me aside and rushed into eternity before me. And I'm happy for you, but I'm on my way just waiting for my call. You are a great Christian, a fine example to all of us. And I'm proud of you, Ron. Goodbye, just for a little while. Your friend, Mary Sigulam. Ooh, Tristan, hey, here we go. Right. Tristan put his hand up twice, so. <laughs> yeah, um, Hello. Um, so I bet you wouldn't expect me out of like anyone here to be up here, so it's kind of weird. Um, yeah, so there was this, uh, Man, this is hard. Um, so there's this one. I. <laughs> so there's this one. So there's there was this uh, one time where he uh, he invited us uh, to the 99, and like we didn't really do anything. We, he was just like that. He would just invite you, even if, like you didn't do anything. He was just. It's really friendly. <laughs> I sound so weird on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, he was just really nice, and he was always there. And uh, toward the end of his life. We didn't really see him much. It was after he got diagnosed, we didn't really see him much. And when he moved, um, he was actually much closer to us, but even then we didn't see him much. So I just felt like I wasn't there uh, uh, for him when he needed us most. So yeah, uh, that was me. Kristen, actually, thanks for sharing that because what sh Kristen's sharing is something that many of us would feel like, okay, I didn't see enough of Ron at the end or I wasn't there for him when he needed us. Um, uh, you know, again, I don't want people to feel guilty and yet I super appreciate, Tristan, that you shared because that is how we feel. And yes, Ron did like to eat at the 99 or any, <laughs> or just eat generally. Mike. Hi. Um, just gonna regroup after that. Um, so, you know, I remember when Ron came to the church, and you know, he's just been such a magnetic personality and everything all along. Um, and I, I think all of us can kind of get that sense of, you know, if, if you look at the biblical text when Jesus knew Lazarus was going to be raised, but he still wept. You know, it's it was still a it, he still went through that process, and we know where Ron's going to be. You know, he's going to be with God, and maybe we can be even a little jealous of that. But it's still a process to get through. Um, what I did want to do, um, Ron did help me out. He, uh, I would ask him advice, electrical, you know, electrical advice all the time, um, and he would give me the advice, and I'd call him up and say, can I text you a picture and make sure I didn't screw this up, <laughs> right? You know, and then as I got a little smarter and decided uh, 
with a family to stay out of my own electrical box. Uh, he he had come down. He uh, did some jobs and you know basically put a breaker in for some things and stuff like that. Uh, long story short, I couldn't force him to take anything. And you know he, that was just the kind of guy he was. He always was like that since the day I met him. Um, and as a matter of fact, I even tried. <laughs> so he helped me out, and I said, you know what? He's not going to get away with it this time. I'm going to go get him a, a gift certificate or something, right? So he doesn't know this, um, but I went to Lowe's, a restaurant that a lot of the vineyard people will go to. And I said, I'm going to get him a gift certificate. And I went there, and when I backed up, I slammed into someone's car. <laughs> so I guess the moral of that story would be when you got somebody with a huge heart, that's just given. Just just let them do their thing. You know? Just take it. Don't feel bad because of this or that or the other thing. Just that's what he would want. That's what that's how I feel about that. Um anyways, um I guess that's that's it. I'll introduce this Janine and Ron spent a lot of time at Janine's farm because we did a lot of groups at her house. So Janine. Janine and I live at the farm where Mary lived and where Ron would come and um, not knowing that um, Mary had sent them something to Bernadette I too um, wanted to say that I just I, I'm humbled and honored to have known him and have watched him serve people um, at my house and um, but I I got to witness firsthand that little banter of Mary and Ron um, <laughs> often. But he um, when Mary came to live with us, she lived with us for six years. And Ron Ron came almost daily and picked up Mary and drove her everywhere. And he also. Um, <laughs> And they were so they were funny together. <laughs> um, but I loved that they both loved Jesus so much, and they challenged everybody around them to love Jesus too. And but I also he he came and um, led a home group at my house because he, he was so passionate about people coming to know God and. Um, so we led a home group, but personally, what I loved—well, a couple things—but Ron and my husband. Um, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, um, "Many friends can bring you to ruin, but there's a friend that's is closer than a brother." And when I watched Franny and Ron together, they were brothers. And they, I loved how they served one another. I loved how they did things together. And it just blessed my heart. Um, but he also was, for me, like Rob said, such a witness of what Christ can do in your life. How he can, and, and I got to know Ron when he first came to, and he was brand new, and to watch God transform his life and to grow him in the knowledge of God and and just instilling him that joy and passion for Christ is, was just a miracle. So, um, but I love that Ron 
when Juan would come and be with us um, and just hang out and have supper, he knew it wasn't because of my cooking <laughs> that he would come, but he would just come and just be at home in my house, and that was my greatest blessing. So, but he did adore you guys <laughs> tremendously. So, so. thank you, Jane. So, uh, so many of the uh, times uh, at home group, one thing about Ron, he loved his coffee and he loved his sweets. <laughs> and it was a race, who was going to get there first? <laughs> uh, the other thing, uh, as Rob was talking about his retirement and how he was kept so busy. Well, I was definitely beneficiary of uh, the work and time that he put in uh, at our house, and uh, uh, just uh, what a what a blessing. I was fortunate enough at one point in time, early on uh, after his diagnosis, to have the opportunity. Ron needed something. He needed a ride into Boston. Hmm. I was blessed to have been able to provide that ride. One small way of paying him back, I provided that ride. And not only that, he allowed me in Brookline to stop and buy him lunch. <laughs> And he reminded me that time to give thanks before we started eating. He was like that. Ron sure was hard to give back. Mary. Um, I got to reiterate what Joe said, that um, Ron and I shared two deep loves. One was Jesus and one was sweets. Um, and he, we spent many hours at my house on different levels of the kitchen, um, having coffee and sweets. And we would solve just about everyone's problems. Um, but at the end, notoriously, Ron would want to stop and pray. Because he'd just say, they're just words, unless we pray. And that's what I'll remember him most. However, in his final days, I did get the chance to sit down with Ron and ask him, what can I do for you now and after you're gone? And he said, Jamie is one strong lady. And he has a lot of faith that you're going to get to be where you need to be. But Charlie, he asked me if I would keep praying for you. And that I said I would do. And I just wanted you two to know that even in his hardest moments, he was still thinking of you. Am I missing anybody? Anybody else wanted to share? Jamie, come up here. I want to give you a hug. Oh, wrong. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Cindy, do you want to say something before we close out?
you all got to experience that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, so happy that he had all of you in his life and that's his family. When he was in Oklahoma and we'd come home to visit, he'd come here to share his theology. And I felt really good getting back on that plane knowing he had all of you in his life. And I thank you all so much. Thank you, Cindy. Any closing thoughts? Uh, Any other? Want to say anything else? Yeah, I just, I just want to say thank you to everyone that came out today. I really, really appreciate it, um, and I know how much it means to my dad. I know uh, he didn't get to see all the new renovations, so I bet he's like flying around just <laughs> looking at it all like how is this wired does this look good <laughs> um so again thank you thank you guys for sharing thank you for allowing me to see that side of my dad that i wasn't able to witness firsthand when i was living elsewhere um and as terrible as the ending kind of was i'm definitely grateful because we were able to bond so much more going to and from the appointments and going over to his house and, and doing all these things that, as unfortunate as it was, it was definitely something that I'm very grateful for. So thank you all very much for coming. I appreciate it. Brian's going to close us out in a, in a final song. And so why don't you stand, we'll uh, do a final song, and then we'll... Uh, enter out into the into the lobby. In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, you can have this world. Give me Jesus When I am alone Oh, when I am alone Oh, when I am alone Give me
Lord Jesus, we just pray a blessing on every person here. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we can have a service where we really do remember uh, Ron, and it's uplifting to know that he's with you and he's comforted by you. And Lord, it's uplifting and encouraging to know that we too uh, can go to this place that you promise eternity with you in your presence. Lord, we just uh, delight in who you are. We ask you to move in our lives. Lord, we just pray that uh, we will not forget to give a hug to those that are uh, close to us and dear to us uh, before it's too late. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Bless you all, folks. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming out. Uh, we can have some snacks in the, in the lobby. You can linger as long as you like until I kick you out. Uh, <laughs> but really, there's no rush. Uh, and you're welcome to leave if you if you are in a rush. Bless you. <laughs>